talking a lot the last few weeks here, getting into 2015, about really just getting strong in our faith, becoming people that really can do battle on a spiritual level, that there's things that come at us in life that are physical, that we deal with physical, with physical things, but there's things that come at us that are more spiritual and emotional in nature that phys the physical man isn't prepared to deal with. We need faith. We need spiritual weaponry to be able to combat those things and to be able to break through and move forward in those kind of trials and, and difficulties that are come to us. And so we discussed a lot about withstanding temptation. Right, Because temptation comes to us all and it threatens to pull us off course or to get us to trip up in sin or to err off the mark of where God is calling us to. And so we talked a lot about withstanding temptation with the armor of God. And so I'm going to kind of enter into the message today from there. Temptation, let me just say first of all, that there's different kinds of temptation. Okay, Some temptations come to us and they tempt us to do something with like an action. To, to, to perform an act or to move on that temptation in a way where we, we actually do something, right? Maybe it, uh, you know, some of those temptations like in lust or things that we would do stuff in that area. Of course, we know the Bible says do not kill, do not steal. Those are all actions. There's temptations that come to us that pull people into doing those things. But there's other temptations that come to people, come to us, that don't necessarily get us to do something as much as they do try to get us to take something up, to like take something up or receive something and carry it with us, right? And the thing is, is when we, when we take something up and we carry it with us from that point on, then everything we do is affected by that. It, it sort of d dilutes the atmosphere, if you will, of how we do things. It's funny, when we were over at service uh, at the Fenton campus one night on a Tuesday, one of the young kids, I didn't realize this, but put a sign on my back, like a little post-it note. And the sign said, what it says, like, Lila is awesome or something like that, you know. And so I'm walking around and people are like laughing and I'm like, what is going on? Like, my, my hair messed? I got something, check my fly, you know. What's happened? People are looking at me and laughing. And then we're, we're sitting in service, and over at Fenton, they've got, uh, we've got cameras, and we've got some big screens on the side, and the camera comes around back, and I'm up on the big screen, and I didn't even see this, but it shows a picture of my back, and there's this big sign on my back. And so people are looking at me, like, in service, and I'm like, man, these people are distracted. Doesn't anybody want to worship them? So then afterwards, finally, people come up, and they're like, you got something on your back, you know? So look, I, I took something up. I didn't realize that I did necessarily, but it changed everything, right? And when we take things up that come to us from the enemy to tempt us to do that, like jealousy or envy or hatred, different things of that nature, when we take them up, we don't have to, but the enemy will tempt us. And once we grab them and take them, we move forward. It changes everything for us. We're affected by that. And if you look at the opposite side, you know, Jesus, he said, take up your cross and follow me, right? Notice he never said, put it down. He said, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say, hey, sit down, put it, you know, give it a rest, set it down, go a little ways without it, pick it back up. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. Because if we're carrying our cross, it affects everything that we do and how we follow him. And we'll be more in tune to, to, to doing things according to his will. 
So one of the things that I want to talk about today that I think is just a big one that people are tempted to take up. And when they do, it affects everything in their life from that on, from that point on. And that, that is an offense, an offense, people who become offended and what that ultimately ends up starting to do in their lives. And I would just say that if we're going to get strong, if we're going to be people of faith, if we're going to move forward in the things God has for us, not be knocked around to and fro by the trials of this life and really stay the course, when it comes to something like an offense, we have got to get a hold of what God says about this. We've got to get a hold of what the Bible says about offenses and strap that on our truth belt. Right? We talked about the armor of God last week and the belt of truth. We've got to strap that on our truth belt and really understand what the Bible says about offenses and build our faith about it so we can move forward and not let this thing continue to trip us up or trip us up in the future at any point. So the first thing I would do is kind of like break down, I don't know, what I would call the anatomy of an offense. The anatomy of an offense. Anybody ever in science class dissect a frog? Anybody ever do that? Right? Pretty cool. You see what's in there. Yeah, that's pretty neat. What's all in there? You know, whenever, you, whenever we kill a deer, a lot of times when we're hunting and we gut the deer, we cut the stomach open to see what it's been eating. You know, kind of helps you figure out where you might hunt. You know their patterns a little better. Are they eating acorns? Are they eating crops? Where, where are they feeding, you know? It's funny, I can, you can tell I've been preaching in Waterloo for a while. <laughs> say that down in the city campus, and everybody's like, ah. You say, everybody, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, so let's break down the anatomy of, a, of an offense. In the Bible, the word that's used for offense is a root word called scandalon. Scandalon in the Greek. And I want to go through this because I think this will open this up greatly for all of us here if we understand uh, the full depth of this definition. So, scandalon means to cause to stumble, to cause to sin, to cause to become indignant, to cause to be offended or cause to offend, or to set a snare, to hinder the right conduct or thought, to literally fall into a trap. It's interesting because when you start reading through the Bible, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus says a lot of things like he says, uh, if something causes, if your hand causes you to sin, cut off your hand because it's better that you go into life maimed than to get cast into the lake of fire. He says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. And he's speaking figuratively. He's trying to give us an example of, hey, if something's leading you astray, you need to make sure you deal with that. Let me give you a modern day example. Hey, if you work at a job that's causing you to sin, that's causing trouble in your marriage, that's causing trouble in, in, in things that you do, you're trying to quit drinking or smoking, whatever. Sometimes you've got to cut things off, you know, because you see that it's just going to be a temptation to you. And, and when Jesus says different things like that, he says if it causes you to sin, if it causes you to stumble, if you cause one of these little ones to become offended, every time he says those things, it's the same word right here, scandalon. 
So we, we think about offense, and then we think about sin or stumble, and, and we kind of maybe, in our language, we separate those things and maybe don't even put them in the same compartment. But in, in the Bible, these things are used universally. They, they, they sort of are almost synonymous in the way that they're used whenever they're talked about, which is really, really important to understand because when we look at what an offense does, when we take it up, it's only going to cause us to stumble. It's going to cause us to sin. It's going to cause us to fall into times of temptation and get us to err off the mark of the plan that God is trying to lead us in. That's what an offense ultimately does. Listen to this. In, in fact, the word scandalon is where we get the English word scandal, causing people to fall into a trap. But listen to this. The word scandalon back in that time was originally described as a small piece of wood that was used to keep the door of an animal trap propped open. And then a piece of food was placed in the trap, and when the animal went in to get the food, it would actually hit the wood and the trap door would close and shut the animal in. Whew, that's a really powerful picture of what an offense is trying to do to us in our lives. See, it always comes in the form of a temptation. That's how everything that's evil does, right? Because we have free will. They can't just force that sin into us. The enemy can't do that. But it'll come to us as a temptation. And then now all of a sudden it's up to our free will to make a choice. And if we choose to take the temptation to be offended, and then we become offended, now it's like that trap door just shut. And the enemy's got us in it. As long as we carry that offense going forward, Everything's going to be affected by that. It's going to cause us to stumble in our ways, which I think we could all agree. None of us want to stumble, right? We don't want that. So offenses are huge. Listen to this. In Matthew 24, 10, Jesus says, and then he's talking about in the last days and in the end times, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Widespread offenses are a sign of terrible times. Why would we think it would lead to anything else in our lives? So listen, this is, this is huge. Anything that has to do with people being offended is a really bad situation. Terrible times, right, are in light company with offenses. That's exactly what he's saying here. You look at somebody that's offended, I'm going to show you somebody that's going through tough times. I'm going to show you somebody that's stumbling, that's off the mark. Proverbs 18, 19 says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. This should show us just how deep this thing goes. Just how deep an offense really does affect us when we take it up and when we carry it. Luke 17:1 says, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they come. And so what Jesus is saying here is, listen, every person that's breathing air is going to have a temptation come to them at one point or another to be offended. But woe to him who becomes offended, right? And so it's, it's not a matter of will it come or will we be tempted to be offended. It's really a matter of will we actually choose to take it up or not? That's really the issue that we're dealing with here today. So let's, let's, let's look at how offenses actually come to us. How do they come? Think about that for a second. How do offenses come to us? And I've got four things. I'm not saying this is the perfect list, but I think this pretty well can categorize anything that we would come up with here. 
Number one is they come to us from what others say to us. When others say things to us, there's, there can be the temptation to become offended. Sometimes people say very mean and harmful things. Some people say slanderous things that aren't true. They seek to defame our reputation, right? Things get spoken about us that are really, really bad. I grant you that. I know it happens. But there's a temptation there that we could be offended by that. See, there's also things that people say that are unintentional that we still get offended by. That people don't really mean what we perceive that they mean. And they say something and they're thinking of a totally different application of what they're even talking about. But because we take it a different way, it can cause us to become offended. And let me say this about intentional and unintentional. You get into this real dangerous place whenever you try to figure out for sure, like, well, he meant that, so I'm justified. That was wrong. Versus the times, well, it was unintentional. Because, look, you could never figure that out all the time. It's impossible to know what's going through another person's heart. Right? So if we, if, we, if we try to look at this like, well, if it's unintentional, it's okay. But if it's intentional, flat out, I'm offended. That's, that's just the way it goes. Look, it's not, that's not how it shows it. We, people are going to say things intentionally that are wrong, that will tempt you to be offended. And then people will say things unintentionally that are still going to hurt your feelings and hurt you. But same thing. It's a temptation for you to now become offended. So that's one way. Another way that people, we get that offenses can come to us is from what other people don't say. They don't necessarily say to us, right? Maybe we feel like, man, I was, I deserved a compliment, or I didn't get the credit that I deserved for that, or I just, I'm just not, you know, I don't feel appreciated. They should have appreciated me. Things that people don't say that we want them to say, or that maybe we place an expectation on them that we're, we're waiting for, and then when we don't get that, all of a sudden, here comes the temptation for us to become offended. And I would just say, listen, that it's, it's, we can't put that kind of weight on what other people do or don't say in our lives. We just can't do that. It's not fair to them. And really, the only person that we are supposed to be living for is God and Jesus Christ himself. And when we place that on people, it's okay to like that stuff, but it's not okay to, to at the point have it in your life where it actually cause, can cause you to have that temptation to become offended if you don't hear the things that you want to hear. Another thing that can, another way that temptations come to us is by what other people do to us, right? Talked a little bit about this in the, a minute ago, but when pe what people do. People can steal, cheat, take advantage of us, do some things to us that, man, they're just not right, flat out. And they're in the wrong for doing that. But nevertheless, there can still be a temptation there for us to choose to become offended and then take up that offense and now be affected by that as we move on. Maybe that person never makes right on that. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't. And if they don't, then what? Do we go on in our lives for the rest of our days offended? I certainly hope not because we see what that can cause us to do, right? And then number four, temptations come to us by what others don't do for us. Maybe they didn't give us help when they thought they should, we should, they should have gave us help. They should have give, lent me money. I needed money, and they didn't give me money, right? Or they should have given me aid. Or they sh Here's a good one. 
Man, they didn't invite me to that party. Come on, man. Didn't invite me to the party. They didn't invite me to that gathering. Man, I'll tell you, the people can get so offended by that. Right? What people don't do to us. These are all things that can cause us to be offended. And let me just say this, because I want to make sure. I, I think I need to kind of clear the air here for a second. It's getting a little tense in here. <clears throat> it's okay to be affected by things. We're people. We're emotional, right? I mean, I, I get my feelings hurt. Things happen. All of us do. I'm going I'm to say that we have permission to do that, right? But where we have to draw that line is, is when we really choose to actually take up an offense out of the thing. Because, look, when you get your feelings hurt, that's about the time you're like, okay, you know what? It hurt my feelings, but I'm not going to be offended about this. I'm not going to take this thing up and go on affected by it from here on out in my life. Right? Because really, the, the interesting thing is in a lot of cases, we go on and we're, we, we think that we're kind of holding other people like hostage or whatever to, you know, what they did. And then they're going to have to make it right. And if they don't, we're just going to kind of keep them in that hostage. But the reality is, is that we're the ones behind the bars when we're going on with that offense. We're the ones behind the bars because we've sort of trapped ourselves in scandalon, right? to now being tripped up in the things that we do going forward. It's important to realize that when we take up an offense, that it was, it's, it's really a choice that we've made out of our own free will. Getting your feelings hurt, you know, having somebody say something that kind of hurts you, that's different. That's not necessarily your choice. Picking up the offense and moving forward, that is our choice. It's kind of like a special delivery package, right? Somebody shows up, FedEx, whatever, and they got a special delivery package, and, and maybe it's something really, really bad. But you, you, they say, hey, are you so-and-so? I need you to sign for this. And then, you, and then somebody signs for it. Once they sign for it, they own it, right? They take it. That's kind of how an offense is. It's coming to you, the devil. He's trying to FedEx this thing right to your doorstep. But listen, you don't have to sign that line. You don't. He's going to send it to you. No doubt about it. But you're the one that has to sign for that package. But once you do, you own the thing. And now we're going to talk about that in a second. You've got to deal with it, though. But it's yours. It's in your house. And guess what? Once you own it, once you have it, it just continues to start to just stink more in your life from that point on. Anybody ever have kids that, like, put food under their bed? Right? I mean, this happened several times. It's like, man, what is that smell? Katie? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh. yeah, you're offended right now. I can tell. It's... Pay attention. <laughs> it's going to all be good by the end of the message. You know, our kids have done that. You go in the room and it's like, man, there's something. You start now, we know. We kind of look under the bed or whatever. Yeah, sure enough, plate of food, moldy stuff growing on it. It's like, man. But what's my point? It's like you can take these things up after you've made the choice to take them up. And then you just kind of go on about your life. That's what we do. We just sort of move on and do the things that we do. And we don't realize that the place is getting stunk up. Because we still own that thing, because we're still carrying that thing, because it's still in our possession, right? So what do we do? What, what do offenses do to us? What are the effects? 
Well, it's kind of almost just like those four points that I made with how offenses come to us. Number one, they, they affect what we say. A person offended a lot of times is going to be the same person that is prone to maybe be in gossip, maybe uh, be critical of that person or that has offended them, speak critically at almost every opportunity that they're granted to, to do so. They become judgmental. They become aggressive. Right? These are the outworkings of somebody that has an offense. And we know that those things aren't right. We know that those things aren't the way we should be. And if someone's being that way, a lot of times it's because, again, it's being driven by the offense that they've picked up along the way. The effects of what, uh, what, how offenses affect us, what we choose not to say. A lot of times, just zip the lip whenever instead of encouraging someone, giving them a compliment. Somebody did a great job or they did something that's really praiseworthy or really worth acknowledging. But man, bro, you're offended? No way. Not going to say that. I ain't going to give them the, the time of day for that. No way. Right? Isn't that how people get sometimes? And the fence can drive what we do and what we don't say to other people if we've picking that offense up. And we look, we know that's not the way we're supposed to be. But yet even, even some of the greatest men and women of faith can get into a point where all of a sudden they start doing these kinds of things, right? That's how powerful offenses can be. It also affects what we do. We maybe sometimes want to try to get even or we get angry and we project that anger. Or, or here's a pretty popular one, we withdraw. We just withdraw. Ignore, cold shoulder, just boom. I'm cutting that relationship off. I'm done. Forget it. It's over, right? We just... What we do or what we don't do is also affected by that. Maybe we don't reach out to help them. We don't give them aid in a time where we really could do that. We don't do things that we would do for other people that haven't offended us, even though the opportunity to help that person is right there in front of us. And we don't see clearly. It's like our vision is fogged. It's blurred because this offense has just done that. It has managed to grow up like that in our lives and cloud the, the, the vision of what we're seeing. Proverbs 3.27, listen, it says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. But offenses can cause us to really struggle with that command in Scripture, can't it? They really can. Offenses cause us to sometimes really hold a grudge, like, it's a battle of attrition or something. Now, I'm, I'm going to stand my ground. I am not going to give in. By doggone it, they're going to apologize to me before it fits the last thing that we do. And it's like all of a sudden this standoff. You ever, when you were kids, you ever have the hold your breath contests? Yeah, right? I won those a lot of times. <laughs> Ended up on the floor too. You hold your breath. I'm going to win. Johnny's going to breathe before me. <laughs> Down, you're out, right? You pass out. Look, if you think the war of attrition with offenses is a game you're going to win, you got another thought coming. You hold on to that thing like you're going to sort of stand your ground, like you're going to win that, 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 that standoff. It's like holding your breath and then you run out of air and you pass out. Eventually, you're going to be the one that falls and stumbles as a result of that. Right? You can't do it. Just, that's what happens ultimately long term to us. Again, we think we're holding other people hostage, but really it's us that are behind bars. And let me just say this too, kind of about offenses, because I'm talking about how 
offenses come to us in the form of temptation and we can pick them up and when we do we become offended and how it affects us and how it changes things right but there's something to be said for how we approach or view uh, offending other people too how we ourselves view that or how we try to uh, treat that or deal with that as we move forward the bible has something to say about that and as we talk about offenses, I think it's worthy that we, you know, uh, examine this and include this in our message today. But if you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 17. And this is a parable that Jesus is giving here. He says, I'm uh, a parable, I'm sorry, this is a story that actually happened. Jesus says, uh, starting in verse 24, he says, When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? And he said, yes. But when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? And from, uh, from whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? And so Peter said to him, Well, from strangers. And Jesus said to him, Well, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and for you. I think this is really, really powerful here. Jesus, they're going into this area, and in the area they collect taxes from people. And, you know, Jesus is, is basically saying, listen, if we don't pay this tax then they're going to become offended at us by this. He understands that that's a possibility that can happen. And ultimately what that's going to do is that's going to affect their ability to witness to people and share truth to them in this area. He gets that, right? And so what he does is he sends Peter over to go out to the lake and pull up a fish and there's money in its mouth. How many people ever had that happen before, right? <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? Especially on those days where you're just pulling them in left and right. They got money in their mouth. I've never had that happen. That'd be pretty cool. But my point is, look, Jesus went to the extent to perform a miracle, a flat-out miracle, so that he would avoid offending another person in this situation because he wanted to be able to share his word, his his testimony, his message with them, and not have it defiled or tainted in an atmosphere of an offense. And I think what we need to understand is as we move on in our lives, it's not just about we just live in our life and not mindful of other people. We've got to think about, hey, what we do can affect others. And if there is a chance that we might offend someone or hurt them or harm them in what we do or don't do and what we say or what we don't say, we've got to be able to think about those things. We've got to examine those things and check ourselves on those things. And if it's something like paying a temple tax, that look, we can just deal with that. We can let that thing go. We can let that thing lie and walk away not having another person offended even though they really shouldn't be offended then we should go out of our way to try and do that. Jesus shows us here. He, he performed a miracle so that somebody wouldn't be offended over something like a temple tax that, hey, I can deal with that. But at the same time, you've got to understand that there's a line there that you'll never cross. Because Jesus would never have done certain things 
or he would have not avoided doing certain things that did offend people because it was still the right way to go and it was still the thing that God was telling him and leading him to do. When you look at the religious leaders, it says over and over again, they were offended at Jesus. They were offended at Jesus. He came and they didn't like him. They wanted to kill him because they were offended at him. They were offended by what Jesus was doing because he was being himself. He was sharing that he was the son of God. And so this is really important. There's, there's a point that we have to be at where we say, listen, I am not, I'm going to do whatever I can to not offend other people. I love people. I care about them. I don't want to do something that I can avoid or I can get around that, that will possibly cause someone else to stumble. But at the end of the day, there are things that I can't budge on. There are things that I can't move on. If God is leading me in a direction, I have to go. And if that means somebody else is going to take that the wrong way, then I, they're just going to have to be responsible for their own actions because I'm being responsible for mine and doing what God is telling me to do. I'm not going to lie so somebody doesn't get their feelings hurt, right? But that doesn't mean I have to always tell them what I think. You with me? I mean, you see, I mean, I'm giving you some dif differentiation of this, but that's the whole point that Jesus is showing us here. Yes, we want to try not to, but at the end of the day, there's things that we have to do. We have to move forward in. And if, if other people are going to get offended, listen, sometimes you just have to release people to feel the way they feel and to believe the, what they're going to believe. You're going to be misinterpreted and misunderstood in your life. Some of the things you can do something about, and I say do it if you can but some things you can't because you're just doing what God is telling you and leading you to do. And that's why we have to be ever prayerful. That's why we have to be seeking God. That's why we have to be in his word because that's how we know the difference. That's how we understand what's on this side and what's on that side. And it's not some hard question that we can't figure out. It's perplexing us. We know the answer because the spirit of God is revealing it to us, right? Love all, but please one. Love all, but please one. And I know for myself, for a long time, this thing used to just, I used to really be affected by what other people thought or, you know, I mean, I did. I just, I don't want people not to like me, right? Being honest, I hope, you know, I think most people would say that. <clears throat> I still feel that way, but it, it's different now, like, it is what it is. I'm going to do what God is calling me to do. And I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm doing my best to, to not harm, not offend, not do that with other people that I'm coming in contact with. But sometimes when it does happen, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get tripped up. I'm not going to get weighed down by that either. I'm going to keep moving forward. And I know for myself, I've got to, I, I, I can't, allow these offenses when they come in the form of temptation at me, I, I can't allow them to be picked. I can't take them up. You know, I used to be easily offended. People say the wrong thing, look at you the wrong way. How about that one, right? Yeah, they looked at me the wrong way. Really? Like, I've done that before. And, and these kind of things would offend me, and then I would go on affected by that. And I can honestly say now, like, I, I am not a person that is easily offended. I'm not. I'm not saying impossible. Okay, I'm human. But I'm not a person that's easily offended. 
Because I've, I've really walked this thing through. I've really, God's really dealt with me on this. I've really I, I see how bad it can be, how difficult, how much it can trip me up and throw me off course. And I do not want that. And it's so much more peaceful when you're not offended or you're all upset about things that people say or don't say or do or don't do. Right? Just move on. As long as God is for you, then what could be against you? Right? I hope I didn't offend anybody here today. <laughs> it's kind of like quiet out there. I'm going to ask the team to go ahead and come back up here now. But, you know, offenses, they're like, they're like a poisonous weed. And once they get started... They're going to grow out of control as long as they are allowed to live, right? Allowed to live. I don't know if you guys work on your yard and try to keep your grass looking good, but there's this one weed that comes up, like when it starts getting hot in the summer. What is it? Is it chickweed? What's the, is it chickweed? It's like, man, when you see one of them, two days later, it's all over the place if you don't spray that thing. you got to kill it or it's just going to spread everywhere. And offenses, if, if we take them up, they're going to grow crazy like that in our lives if they are allowed to live. They're like the crazy plant. They just go everywhere and they start affecting us. And then they begin to drive our behavior more than what the Spirit of God does or can. Ooh, that's a tough one, right? Listen to this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. When offenses grow up in our lives, and they start to get a hold of us like that, they begin to drive us more than what God can they are contrary to one another. They lust or they battle against each other, right? And so I'm just going to kind of wrap up by saying this. <clears throat> Certainly there are many here who this week, maybe even today, will have the opportunity to take up an offense. It will come to you. Don't you do it. <clears throat> Don't you do it. Oh, man. Uh, most certainly, at some point in your life, it's going to happen from here on out. Maybe this today, maybe this week, but at some point, it's going to happen to all of us. I pray that God give you discernment to see it when it comes. I pray that God draw you into his word and into prayer with him ever so consistently that you hear his voice when it comes to your doorstep. I speak that over you today. I declare that and I encourage and exhort you to press in with your heavenly father, to seek your relationship with God. And he will give you wisdom and he will give you discernment in the times and in the places where these things come. But listen, if you're here today, and perhaps there is some 
that you came in here offended that you walked into here offended I hope you don't walk out with it I hope you leave it here today on this altar let it go I don't have some super impressive prayer or some like ministerial tactic that I can show you that's going to knock that thing out of you let me just share one scripture it's Psalm 55 22 cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you I'm just going to tell you we're going to worship for a few more minutes today while we do just leave that thing